You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. Don't take for granted what you have here. Just to be back, just to be back in a body of believers that are excited about what Jesus did for them is amazing. I mean, we miss it. Okay, so thank you. Oh, come on. Don't, please don't take it for granted. All you got to do is come see us. All right. And now... Uh, uh, the other announcement we're not going to spend a lot of time on, but uh, we are now taking applications for Heritage Farm uh, in our training center. It's open to anybody above 18 and, and under 100. <laughs> and it is a mentoring program. You'll live and you'll, you'll have your room and your board and you'll go through a heart physics program. You'll understand the difference. When you leave, you'll understand the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, the difference between religion and relationship. Amen? You'll understand spirit, soul, and body. You'll understand who you are in Christ Jesus. And the next time you get weary and discouraged in your soul, you will remember whose child you are because God is your daddy. Amen? And so we will be working together. We'll be studying the Word together. We'll be worshiping together. It'll be a con uh, six months mentoring program. Uh, all your food is provided. And you're talking about food. The it's nothing chemically based at all. Everything's grown out of the garden. Uh, we have good food. I mean, it's just, so if you know somebody that wants to get away, see the church, what's the, the system the church has gotten into? You get someone saved, they come to church, you get them saved, you, they go back to their work, they still hang out with their old friends, and they never have a time to be discipled. We've been making believers, we hadn't been discipling. We need a disciple. So if you know somebody that needs to be discipled, that's what we're doing. Amen. We're discipling. Amen? Not discipling in religion. We're discipling in relationship. And that's the world of difference right there. And uh, so anyway, that's what we're doing. Get the word out. Uh, it's, we've got lodging. We've got bedrooms. We've got, I mean, you don't have to sleep in tents or nothing, you know. Yeah, we'll, and you'll be joining what we're doing. That, all what you saw was in six months since the last time we were here. You know, so we're, we're, we're operating in healing and baptizing people and taking mission trips. Uh, you'll be t whoever is a student there during the six months will take one trip up to northern Canada to Pickle Lake where we're connected with an Indian reservation up there. And that'll be a week-long trip. We're going to take a week, what I call a week heart excursion in the Boundary Waters where it's just you, me, and God. And that's what you know what I'm talking about. You know, you, me, and God. I mean, it's, and I'll step back, <laughs> you know. And uh, that'll be a week of a life, a week you'll never forget. So anyway, everything's included. Just uh, pray about, uh, I'm telling all the youth that are here, some of you have been here, uh, been there. So um, here we are. We're ready to go. Are we ready? Yeah. Father, we thank you for this opportunity you've given us to gather together in this wonderful place, this comfortable place, this air-conditioned place. Thank you. Thank you so much for the church that is here. I thank you for the hearts. Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher. 
We simply ask this morning that you do what you do best. Open the eyes of our understanding. Take the information that we've gleaned over the years and cause a miracle to take place. Cause it to become revelation. So that revelation can transform us on the inside. Father, I thank you for your wisdom and your logic that's contained in your word. And we ask for that spirit of wisdom and revelation to come forth in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. All right. Just a couple clarifications. John and I, Pastor, excuse me, Pastor John and I are spiritual brothers. If you don't know the connection, he's my older spiritual brother. <laughs> I just want to make that perfectly clear. Uh, someone asked me earlier, says, well, did, did you rub off on John or did John rub off on you? Says, no, we just rung, hung around the same Holy Ghost. And we, he rubbed off on the both of us. And when John and I found each other, it was like, where have you been all my life? So anyway, uh, I just, I'm so thankful that God has, I know there were some mad at us for doing what we did, and, but I, I didn't, uh, Greg, I did not bring your name. Quit laughing. You gave it. I wasn't going to mention your name, but you're But you know, God knows what he's doing. You know what I'm saying. Just got to, it's all a journey. And uh, uh, you couldn't have a better pastor than Ann. <laughs> and a teacher than John. All right. Uh, say, I know what's going on. All right. All right. Gosh, I'm excited. Uh, by the way, Wednesday, uh, we're going to be here Wednesday teaching. Uh, and, and, and you need to come. Wednesday, oh, we're going to go deep. You're going to go deep. I got to teach, I've been able to teach at Christ for the Nations a few times, and one of the times, I don't know if you've seen the movie, but there's a movie called uh, The Matrix. And uh, I, I, told, I held out my hand, and I, uh, there's this guy, you know, I can explain how the movie, don't got time for that. I says, take the red pill, or the blue pill, and you go back to sleep, and go back in your little dream world, and your religious world, and just think like you've always thought, or you can take the red pill. And I'll show you how deep the rabbit hole really goes to be free. Amen. It's all about being free. Amen. So let's turn to our Bibles, the book of Matthew chapter 5. Amen. Book of Matthew chapter 5. We're going to talk about, about Jesus' first message, His first sermon. And if you know anything about book writing or sermons or anything, you can't just open up someone's book and take out a chapter, not even a cha I mean a, a cha or, or even a paragraph out of a chapter, and then know what it's talking about. You know, there, there's a saying that we've said for years, when you have a context, and you take the text out of the context, what are you left with? You're a con. <laughs> and that's usually what's happened to the body of Christ, is people have taken the text out of the context, and the church is left with a And you bought it. We all bought it. And there's so much in the Word of God that we don't understand because we have had a con, not to con. We haven't left Scripture in context. And that's what we're going to do uh, this morning. I almost said at night because we teach at night, but in this morning. And we're going to talk about Jesus' first. And what we're going to do is we're going to set the stage for you real simply is that we're in the book of Matthew. Okay? So in the book of Matthew, there's one main theme that Jesus quotes more than any other theme 
This is the quote that Jesus makes in the book of Matthew. The kingdom of heaven is like unto this. He says that time and time and time again. So guess what the main message is about the, the book of Matthew? The kingdom of heaven. Now I'm going to say this, and, uh, and, and I, I shock some people. Now my goal really isn't to, to irritate you when I say something that's contrary to what you know. It might be to agitate you a little bit, but not to irritate you. But we've got to think about some of these things that we've learned over the years to see if it's truth. Because the church really hasn't been free. But the truth will set you free. Amen. How many people want to be free? Amen. So the book of Matthew is about the kingdom of heaven. And where is the kingdom of heaven? On this. Jesus prayed, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, God's always had... God's always been in heaven, and that's the realm of the invisible. And God wanted to manifest His kingdom in the realm of the visible. So He created the heaven and earth and put man in charge and walked with Him in the cool of the evening at the very beginning in His perfect world that He made, that man was supposed to reproduce and multiply and, and fill the earth with people living in the prosperity and the blessing of His kingdom. It was in the invisible, and God wanted to manifest it in the visible. And then Adam messed up. We're not going to get into all that. So the second Adam had to come back and take back and bring back the kingdom that was lost because the first Adam. That's why the first words out of Jesus' mouth in ministry was repent for the kingdom of heaven is what? At hand. It's near. It's coming. Everywhere Jesus went, He was the manifestation of the kingdom of heaven on this earth. Let me explain what that is. Everywhere that Jesus went was the way God saw it. The reason He healed people is because that's the way God sees you. He sees you healed. The reason people were blessed when they heard His words is because that's the way God sees it. I got so much to share real quickly. Herod, when Jesus was born, Herod represented Rome. That was the ruling kingdom of the time. And there was lots of religions in Jerusalem. One was Judaism. Herod and the kingdom of Rome wasn't scared of Judaism. It wasn't until they heard a king was coming That's right. That's that struck fear into another kingdom. Oh, you need to think about that. It didn't matter how big the baby was. Because with a king comes a what? Kingdom. And with a kingdom, you've got to have a king. Religion doesn't scare anybody, but authority and kingdoms do. Man, I tell you what, uh, <laughs> we will say some things this morning that will challenge some of the things you've heard over the years, and that's okay. Um, it's all about the kingdom. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Six verses later, if you read down in, uh, it says, that we're not there yet, but if you read down it says that Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in the synagogues. What are the synagogues? The churches. He went around all Galilee teaching in the synagogues the kingdom of heaven on this earth. It was a new message for them. It was something they hadn't heard 
And so after that, he starts this message. He says, thousands of people. And matter of fact, if someone would dare to ask me on Wednesday why Jesus had so much authority, I'm just putting that out there. Just I double dog dare you. We might get into that on Wednesday, but you got to be here to hear that. But anyway, it says this in, in chapter 5, verse 3. It starts out, he's got thousands of people there. And uh, why did thousands of people show up? That's, you need to stop and ask that question. Yes, I know he's been healing and there's all kinds of things been going on, but there's another reason why. I dare someone ask me that question. But it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the... Theirs is the what? Does that mean you've got to have a, a poor in spirit to go to heaven? Is there a difference in going to heaven and being in the kingdom of heaven? There's four things basically in the, in, the, in the New Covenant, in the New Testament that you need to understand. If you were to summarize it, it would say this. Love God, love people, anticipate the second coming, and be happy. Yes, I know we're supposed to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, and do great exploits in God's name. But in a nutshell, the Word of God is there for you to love God, love people, anticipate the second coming, and be happy. You know what's missing in that? Nowhere does it say, be excited about going to heaven. How come the church's message is to hang on until you can leave this place? Hang on! Until you can go to heaven. I just hope I make it. How many people? <laughs> I got, boom, boom. Hang on till you make it. What we need to understand is all of Jesus' teaching is not for us on how to die. That's right. Jesus has taught us how to live. He died for the gospel so we could live in it. He died for the kingdom so we could live we're more, he conquered so we could be more than conquerors. We're supposed to live in the kingdom of heaven principles. And so that's why Jesus did what he did throughout everything he taught was teaching us how to live and be successful on this earth while trials and, and, and tribulations happen all around us. And what we're going to see, we're going to go through real quickly because we don't have a whole lot of time because there were so many announcements. And oh. so, so if we go two or three hours, that's okay. Okay. We can take the clock off the wall. We can take the clock off the wall? All right. Okay. So it says here, blessed. Put, put the definition of the word blessed on the screen for everybody. This is what the word blessed means. Blessed, the, the, the Greek word that's translated blessed means blessed, happy, to be envy. Is anybody envying you? I'd like to be like them. Man. Your neighbor's saying that about you? You got somebody that you're looking up going, man. That's what Jesus is telling the first message. That he's telling the first group of people that gathered to hear him speak. With the authority that he had. He's telling them how to be happy. How many people, listen, I know spiritual people that aren't happy. I know people casting out demons. I mean, they're, oh, 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 they're not happy. They're miserable. Their life's falling apart. They're hanging on to what they know, and that's good. But Jesus taught us how to be happy in what we do. Amen. How to be what? Happy. Blessed, happy, envied, fortunate, prosperous, and healthy. Amen. That's, how, that's what Jesus' whole purpose is. Do you need to be healthy in heaven? 
Do you need to be prosperous in heaven? Fortunate, envied. I hope you're not envied in heaven. Do you need authority in heaven? So if you have authority, do you need keys for heaven? Where do you need keys? For the kingdom of heaven on earth. So you can make earth. See, our job, let me put it real simple. Our job as believers is born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, kingdom-manifesting, sons and daughters of the Most High God. That's who you are. Is to find hell on earth and bring heaven to it. That's our job. Quit hanging on until you make it. Realize that you already have. Quit doing things for God. You ever heard that one? I'm telling you from the pulpit. Quit doing things for God and start doing things from Him. God doesn't need you to do things for Him. He needs you to do things from Him. Jesus came from Him and was about His daddy's business. Come on, that'll change the way you live. A servant only does what a servant does to get what a servant needs. Amen. That's deep. But a son will serve because he already has. Oh, come on. That's all right. You're good. You're good. All right. So let's go on. So let's go down to the next verse. You know, uh, verse, uh, what verse are we on? We just, oh man, we barely started. <laughs> Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the what? The kingdom. I tell you, go to verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit heaven. So what's this all about? Jesus' first message is about what? The kingdom of heaven on this earth. You being effective on earth. There's two scriptures in the entire Bible that give some kind of reference of what it's like to know God. Just two. One's in the Old Testament, one's in the New Testament. And both of them have to do with how you treat people. It's not how often you do this, how many times you go to church. How do you treat people? Two verses is proof. It says this is proof that you know God is that you love people. Not yourself. Others. How do you treat people? The Sermon on the Mount is all about how you treat people. There's some things that have been taught in the Sermon on the Mount that has caused people to be in fear and walk around scared. Now, if the whole message of the book of Matthew is about the kingdom of heaven on this earth, and the message within the book of Matthew is about the kingdom of heaven on this earth. How can we go into that message and pull out something that says it says something different? Can we do that and be correct? Are we taking the text out of the context and making con? Are you ready? All right. So we started at the beginning. Let's go to the end. Let's go to the end. Let's go to chapter 7 of Jesus's, well, it's a book of Matthew, but let's go to the end of his message in chapter 7. Oh, I like this. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Matter of fact, we're going to start uh, over, in, we're going to go to 
just bear with me. Start in verse 15. Let me show you how this works real quickly. Uh, verse 15 of chapter 7 in the book of Matthew. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Now who are we talking about in context? False prophets. Are we talking about you? Thank you. We're talking about false prophets in context, right? Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes or th uh, from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor cannot be, uh, uh, cannot, cannot a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree does not bear good fruit is, uh, excuse me, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in a, everybody say it with some gusto, fire! Now how many people have ever been told that if you don't bear fruit, who said that? You heard that message. You're going to be burned in what? Fire. If you don't bear fruit, are you a false prophet? No. This is talking about false prophets and the fruit they bear. In context. How many people walked around in fear wondering if you bared enough fruit, you're going to make it? I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Oh, it's taking our authority. It's taking our victory away from us. Anytime you hear a scripture out of context, you get a... Oh, we're not done. <laughs> Next verse, verse 20. I love this. Watch this. Everybody say... Now, what's that mean? That means you can't read what you're about to read unless you know what was before the therefore. So what in context are we talking about before, therefore? False prophets and the fruit they don't bear. Now, how to identify the false prophets? Oh, that set somebody free. Therefore, by... What are we talking about? Who are we talking about? We're talking about false prophets. It hadn't changed. But we get all these guilty condemnation type sermons because you haven't bared enough fruit. And if you just go to church more and bear more fruit and do this, <laughs> oh, bless God, I want to go to heaven so I got to do what they got to say. God, and you just got conned. Therefore, by their fruits, their fruits, the false prophets' fruits, you will know them. Not you. Busted. <laughs> Booyah. <laughs> oh, I had too much fun. Verse 21. Not everyone says to me. Now, how many people heard this one? Preach from the pulpit. Oh, there's going to be a day that people that have cast out demons, raised the dead, did great church work, they're going to call out, Lord, Lord, and Jesus is going to go, mm-mm. No. No, you didn't bear enough. <laughs> what kind of message is that? How many times does the scripture say, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be what? Ah! 
<laughs> All you got to do is call. Man, they got this thing. Some people, some, some people got this. You got to tiptoe through the tulips. You got to raise 18 people from the dead, not 17 or you ain't good enough. You didn't bear enough fruit. You got to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Romans 9 and 10. Uh, Romans uh, 10. 9 and 10. Thank you. If you confess with your mouth. So take that scripture, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you shall be what? And believe in your heart. Oh, but gee, oh. They confess the Lord, but Jesus goes, no. Mm -mm. That's the wrong translation. You read it out of the wrong Bible. Oh, we, we're tiptoe. Oh, it's just this one Bible. It's just one version is right. All right, I'm meddling. Mischief me. <laughs> Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom. Does that say go to heaven? Yeah. No. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is this saying that some people can be born again, but never live in the reality and the truth of the kingdom of heaven on this earth? Oh. <gasps> Oh, I heard that. Mm, says a lot. Amen. You've heard this about not going to heaven. It has nothing to do... See, see before you can talk about the Sermon on the Mount, you've got to talk about what it's not. Amen. The Sermon on the Mount is not a message on how to go to heaven. The Sermon on the Mount is not how to stay out of hell. And the Sermon on the Mount is not how to be a good son or daughter of the king. It's on how to live blessed, prosperous, envied, and healthy Amen. while you're on this earth. Amen. Wow. You having fun yet? Yes. Let's just see what the Bible has to say when you keep the text in the context. Yes. Let me just go ahead and read the rest of this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the what? Kingdom! But he who does the will of my Father in... Now, wait a minute. If this is talking about going to heaven, how come it says that God... Wait a minute. You do God's will in the kingdom of heaven because God is in heaven. You got both places mentioned in the same verse in two different places. God's in heaven and you're doing His will where? on earth in his kingdom. Got it? It's a beautiful thing to see. Let's go on. Many will say unto me that day, Lord, Lord, we have, not pro uh, have we not prophesied in your name? See, you could actually make a case. It's talking about the false prophets, but we're not going to go there. Uh, not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. And uh, I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You know what lawlessness is? And it, you are, get on the front row because you're good. Oh, I don't think so. Thank you, though. Know you know what iniquity is? L lawlessness is not someone that pra doesn't practice any law. Lawlessness is, the definition of lawlessness is someone that practices a law that's not God's. Yeah. Who said that? 
Put, put, is he up there? You up there? Put, put James chapter 3, verse 13. James 3, 13. Let me show you something real quick. And when I say real quick, it just makes it sound good like I'm going to get done. <laughs> really don't mean a thing. It's just a comforting thing for me and you to make you think I'm not going to go long. I'm lying. I'm going long. Okay? He, excuse me, who is wise in understanding among you, let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of... So we're talking about wisdom. Next verse. But if you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast or lie against the truth. Next verse. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, I'm just waiting for someone to say that word, so, and demonic. It's not God's wisdom. That is saying, and what we're going to read is there, there's literally two wisdoms on this planet. There's a wisdom, there's a way of being, a way of working, a way of manifesting and living your life that is not from above, but it is self-seeking, self-centeredness. It is, it, what does it say? It's the earthly, sensual, it's moved by the five senses, touch, taste, smell, sight, and hearing. And it is what? Demonic. Witchcraft. Manipulation. Things like that. That's the way the world works. Got it? Next verse. 16. Boop. 16. For we, so where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and everything, everything are there. Next verse. But the wisdom, listen to this, that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Every one of those can be found in the Sermon on the Mount that we're going to talk about. Because there's two kinds of wisdom for you to live in on this earth. The one that is demonic and is not from God, and then there's God's way of living. Amen. Sometimes we make church life, being a Christian, so super spiritual, it disconnects us from being real people. Yeah. Like I said, I know people that cast out demons, they, 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 and that's great, but they're just not happy. And they're not envied by their neighbors. You know what I'm saying? By envied by your neighbors. A lot of people's your neighbors are going, if that's what it means to be a Christian, I don't want nothing of it. Yeah. Is that being envied? Jesus' purpose for doing what he did was to make us envied amongst our We'll talk about more of this on Wednesday. We're going to talk about the Ten Commandments like you've never heard them before. I guarantee you, you never heard what's coming. All right, let's go on. So we're coming to the end of his message, and it says this, verse 24. Therefore, back in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will like him to be a wise man who built his house upon the wrong. A wise man built his house upon... I, can't, I was raised Baptist. I'm good. Okay? It says, verse 25, And a rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. 
is Jesus the rock? Careful how you answer the question. Got quiet in this Holy Ghost Pentecostal Church of God charismatic tongue talking church. I got that from Dwayne Sheriff. He's my friend. Now, I understand you can't separate Jesus from his teachings, but in context, this is saying the rock is the teachings of Jesus. What he has to say on how to live in this earth. The rock, yes, Jesus is our cornerstone. I know the scriptures. But in context, if you want to get technical, and we need to, in context, the rock is the teachings of Jesus. The man that heard the teaching. How many people ever heard that the teachings of the man building his house upon a rock is one that believed in Jesus Christ and one that taught, didn't believe in Jesus Christ, built his rock on the sand, and he went to hell. Wrong. Absolutely out of context. It's about two believers. One listened to the teachings of Jesus and did them. One listened to the teachings of Jesus and didn't do them. It's not about being saved and going to heaven. It's about living victorious in the life God plans for you to live in. In context. The whole book of Matthew, the whole message is about how to live. Do you think Jesus taught how to live just so you can hang on and go to heaven? <laughs> Jesus came back after he was resurrected from the grave. He taught his disciples for 40 days before Pentecost came. Acts chapter 1, verse 1, 2, 3, and 4. Look what it says. Acts, ooh, come, mm. The former account I made, O Theophilus, all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Next verse. Until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them for 40 days. and speaking to them things pertaining to going to heaven. Now don't you think he would have drew a bigger crowd if he would have had, listen, I'm going to do a seminar on what it was like in heaven. I just got back from there. Do you realize not one person asked him what were the clouds like and how did he get his wings? Not one person. Jesus didn't mention what it was like in heaven at all after coming back from there. He came back for them now to teach them on how to live in the what? Kingdom of heaven on this earth. Man, you need to get a hold of that. He didn't teach them on how to go to heaven. He taught them how to live victorious on earth in heaven. Our job, again, is to find hell on earth and bring heaven to it. The reason I say that is that Jesus told Peter, he said, upon this revelation that Peter had of who Jesus was, what did he say? Jesus said, upon this, I'll build my church. Was Peter the rock? 
No. Is Jesus the rock? Yeah. But what else is he going to build his church upon? Revelation knowledge of who Jesus really is. You got to have revel. You can't go to Bible school and get information. You can't be told who Jesus is. You have to hear who Jesus is. And God's going to build his church on that. And what did Jesus say after that? After he said, I'm going to build my church on this, was it? And the, hell, and the gates of hell. What? And the what? Everybody say gates. Everybody say gates. And the gates. It's, I, I didn't know it was Veterans Day. I spent four years in the Marine Corps. Yeah. All right. Little flashback. I know you can't do that. You're in the Army. Well, you left before, so are you. Can you see her in the Army? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, if you know her, you can. Okay. Where, where is that? Can you say Gates. I don't know how to say this and communicate what the church has been doing. We've been, the devil can't, the devil's not going to be victorious coming against us. You know, that, 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 you know, you get this mindset of how gates aren't offensive weapons. Get up in the front. No. Gates are what? Gates are what? Defensive. Wait a minute. And I'll build my church. Gates try to keep things from coming to their territory. Wait a minute. And I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't be able to keep the church from coming in and establishing the kingdom of heaven where the gates of hell used to be. It's not about, oh, the devil. No, oh, God. Yeah. We need to be bringing in the glory of God. We need to be finding hell on earth. Every, every gate to hell you can find, you need to stand in front of that gate and, prevent, and knock it down. Amen. We're supposed to subdue and take, wasn't that one of the commands of the first original kingdom? It's kingdom. What you're going to hear about on Wednesday is that all throughout the Bible, we're going to go throughout the whole Bible and see how throughout even the Ten Commandments, do you realize Israel was just a tribe until they had a constitution and became a nation? Woo! Come on. You, we might learn something on Wednesday. This is just advertisement. How much time I got? I got plenty. All right. All right, let's go on. Look, look at this. It, it says, uh, the verse 25, And the rains descended, and the floods came down, and the winds blew, beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. And what's the rock? The teachings of Jesus. For everyone who hears the sayings of mine. It doesn't say everybody who believes in me. Did Jesus ever teach, believe in me, and you'll be saved? Thank you. That wasn't one of the teachings of Jesus. What? I told you I was going to hurt them today. Jesus never said, oh, I'm the Messiah. He, he tried to get people, shh. The people that knew it, he said, shh, don't tell nobody. Didn't he? Shh. 
tell nobody you got healed by me. Just, just, just shh. Oh, you're the Messiah. Shh. What's the gospel of the church? Believe in Jesus. And you go to heaven. You think we missed the message? The, 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 the Bible literally says the gospel of Jesus Christ is the kingdom of heaven on this earth. That is the gospel he preached. He did not preach a gospel about himself. Oh gosh, well I could get kicked out of so many churches for saying that. I got to, okay, I can't go there. Listen to this. I'm not saying don't believe. I'm saying believe in Jesus. But there's more to it. Jesus didn't just come. Listen. I'm, there's so many people looking forward to going to heaven someday so I don't have to pay bills. Oh, what a place to be envied by the world. There are so many people looking for the, the rapture so you can get out of here. Why? No. <laughs> Jesus didn't get his church excited about the rapture. We're supposed to be bringing heaven to earth. It's a simple message. And we make so much confusion out of it because we take it out of context. Oh, we got, there's so much in here. Let's, let's turn to another one. I think it's chapter 6, verse 13. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Actually, ch chapter 6, verse 33 says what? Seek ye first the what? How many people seek first making sure they can go to heaven? Seek ye first the kingdom. And all of its... And all these in heaven, where will they be added to you at? On earth. As it is in heaven. Again, at the beginning, it's talking about what God wants you to do on earth. At the end, it's talking about what God wants you to do on earth. And guess what? In the middle, it's talking about what God wants you to do on earth. In context. Being specific. Uh-oh. We, we could talk about so much, but we do have time. Oh, that only says it's 11 o'clock. <laughs> See how God is? He's a... <laughs> God's a redeemer of the time. Isn't that what the Bible says? He'll redeem the time. Oh, man. See how I'm blessed. And you wish you had that much time. I'm envied. All right. It's just now 11 o'clock according to that clock. But God, hallelujah. Verse 13, chapter, chapter 7. Verse 13. 7. I changed it. Did you get that change, Israel? Oh, here we go. Now, I did all that to set this up. That was just intro. Because I really do want to hurt you. <laughs> In love. In 
Anybody ever heard this one about going to heaven or hell? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've all heard this one. We're going to leave it in context. <laughs> if the whole book is about the kingdom of heaven, and Jesus' first message is about the kingdom of heaven, and the first of that and the end of it is about the kingdom. You know, they tell you in preaching classes, when John teaches the preaching class, he said, you tell them what you're going to talk about, you talk about it, and you tell them what you're, you told them about so they know what you talked about. No matter what your points are, they have to lead to what you had talked about. One thing, right. one point. Many points, but one purpose for the points, right? And Jesus is a good preacher, don't you think? Yeah. Do you really think he's going to talk about how to live on earth? End up talking about how to live on earth? And in the middle, change it? I don't think so. Okay, let's, let's, let's meddle. Enter by the narrow gate. Everybody say Gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. But narrow is the, and difficult is the way which leads to life. Everybody say life. And there are few. How many people want to be one of those few? Bless God. You're going to go to heaven. You're going to be one of those few that go to heaven. Only few are going to find the gate that leads to heaven. This is what you call milking. I'm milking this. I, I, I live on a dairy farm. You know, I can't say. Hush up. Jesus said he's going to build his church and the you haven't got it yet there's two kinds of gates James chapter 3 says there's two kinds of wisdom there's the wisdom of this world that leads to hell on earth and there's a wisdom from above that calls you to live in the kingdom of heaven on this earth. And there are people that are spirit-filled, born again, spiritually active, living hell on earth because they refuse to live according to the principles and teachings of Jesus Christ, Amen. the rock. He who builds his house, lifts, that the house represents your life. If you live your life according to the teachings of Jesus Christ, when the trials and tribulations come, whether you get struck down with some kind of problem physically that you didn't do nothing to, you'll be able to stand. Jesus. And people will be able to look at your life when you're cancer. Yeah. Hallelujah. Cancer free. See, see, if you build your hope. If you build your hope on the teachings of Jesus Christ and what he's got to say and live the way he's got to... See, people will hear his teachings and go away and not do them even though they believe in him. Anybody, other churches will do that, not this church. You know what I'm saying, other church. We, no, not this church. This church is pure. Yes. 
Let's, is this not what this is saying? What? The, the broad gate leads to what? Let, let, let me explain what this is really talking about. Gates are your intentions. We talk a lot about, anybody remember heart physics? We talked on spirit, soul, and body, and heart physics. Gates are the intentions of your heart. This is where I want to be. This is where I want to do. Uh, I want to be debt free. That's your intention, okay? Everybody got the picture of being debt free? I want to be debt free, but now you're over here using your credit card. I got a scripture that's not in the I, I got a scripture that's not in the Bible for you. That sounds like heresy to me. Well, okay. I don't care. Stupid is is what stupid does. That's a great scripture right there now. You want to be debt free. That's your good intentions. But you're not in the way that leads you to those good intentions. You're still in the way that leads to destruction called indebtedness. Did I get everybody on that one? Okay. <laughs> you're a young lady, young man, and you want to be pure when you're married. But when, as, when you get married, not after you're married. All right, that's your intention. And you go out with somebody and you lose focus and you're not in the way that leads you there. These decisions will lead you there. See, for you to fulfill that intention, you must make the decision to start today, to do what you need to do today to get to the goal, the presto, the mark or the prize. The mark is right in front of you. Do today. Now, the Bible even says, and few will find this way. There's lots of believers going to heaven, living hell on earth. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't let this man think he'll ever receive anything of the Lord, is what it says. Doesn't mean the Lord isn't given it. It just means the, the king's... A king's authority, a king's will, a king's reign is done within his kingdom, not outside. So if you're a believer uh, in this, if you're a citizen, the Bible says that when you're born again, you're, I love the word, transported. You're translated. You're whoo, into the kingdom. But that's spiritually. Now you need to renew your mind to that truth because if you don't, you're going to continue to walk this way and have a life of destruction even though you're born. And you'll go to heaven but live hell on earth. You'll get to heaven and go, I could have been happy, blessed, envied, prospered, and healthy on earth. I didn't have to wait to heaven to get all that. You see what I'm saying? That's what it's all about. The teachings of Jesus is there not to condemn you, to co convict you. It's there to empower you to live victorious in every situation in your life. That's good preaching. That's good. That, that's, that's down to earth, sensible. Now let's shake up some stuff. I got to be careful how I do this. Everybody love me? If we never come back, I'll know what happened. <laughs> Everybody know the scripture says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against 
principalities and powers. Oh, those evil spirits. Ooh, ooh, let's fight against them. And you got all these people fighting against principalities and powers, and they're not happy. Put Colossians 2.10 on the board. Uh-oh. Here comes a little bit of metal, we call it. Colossians 2.10. Am I wrong? Colossians 2.10. And you are complete. I love that. And you are complete in Him who is the head of all. And why are you fighting against them? Oh my. Whoa, we got quiet in this church. We thought our battle was against what? Well, we let God wrestle against principalities and powers. And Christ is the head of them all. Why are we wrestling with them? Because the Bible says we do. But we must not understand what the Bible's saying. Maybe that's what it is. You know this, this verse here? Put, put, put Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9. Oh, that was close. You were close. Ephesians, you had 3.10. That's good enough, though. But Ephesians 3. Now, you got my notes back there? Oh. <laughs> Ephes and put verse 8. I'm sorry since I got 45 minutes. To me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Next. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the what? Mystery. mystery. Now, he didn't teach the history. He taught the mystery. Got it? And to make all see what is the fellowship or dispensation of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God. What's been hidden in God? A mystery. It's not a mystery anymore. Now it's called His wisdom. Right? Watch this. Watch this. The beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ. Verse 10. To the intent. In other words, for the purpose of. that. Everybody say now. Now. That the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. So how's the church supposed to manifest this? How's the church supposed to make known the manifold what? How many types of wisdom are there? Two. One is demonic. And one is godly. Which is... Don't say spiritual because you're going to go off in la-la-lulu land. God's wisdom is very earth-centered for you to live on earth. There's two wisdoms on earth. Demonic, which is self-centeredness and demonic. And God's wisdom. Watch this. Watch this. The word for principalities in this verse, all you great computer wizards... Crank it up. Look it up. The, the word there for principalities is the Greek word. You know, you know what it is? What? You already got RK. You got it. RK. That's what it said. It's RK. 
Now you just keep that thing rolling back there in the back and everybody check him, make sure he's not lying. I didn't pay him to say this. Okay, go back to Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. When it says that Jesus is the head of all principalities and it says he's the head of all RK. Right? Same word. And we interpret them as what? Ooh, spooky. Turn with me. Turn, put on the board. I'm not going to turn there. I'm, having to, I'm, I'm really about ready to close. We're going to take some. Anyway, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. It says this. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary Everybody say the word principles. What would be the elementary principles of Jesus? His teachings. The very beginning of his teachings. The very first things he said about how to live on earth. We should be way past that. It's not like we're forgetting them. We should be going, wait, wait, wait. wait. What's the Greek word for principles? Ah! <laughs> It's not demons. The same Greek word that says that we should move on from the elementary teachings of Jesus is the same word that says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against living as the world lives and living as the kingdom says to live, and you wrestle in your mind with it. You're double-minded. Come on, you've got a standard of living that the world has given you from birth and you come into the kingdom of heaven, you're a newborn believer and you've got to think different. You need to repent, change the way you think so you can live like a... I didn't bring my shirt. I got a Superman shirt and I usually rip it off right then. Oh, yeah! Christians are able to leap tall buildings in a single bound faster than a speeding bullet more powerful than a locomotive. That's how we should be living. <laughs> See, it's not the principalities and powers like you think you're wrestling against. You're wrestling with your mindset that comes from a stinking thinking world and you got to start thinking of glory Amen. and who you really are. Amen. Jesus was the first of many brethren and that's us amen let's stand up father we thank you for this opportunity you've given us this morning to open up your wisdom and your logic to glean from your word how to live and how to bring heaven to earth holy spirit show this church where the gates of hell are and may this church attack with kingdom of heaven principles and love. May we love the ones caught behind the gate. May we treat other people with dignity and value because you did. May we understand to love you, we must love others. Holy Spirit, you're the great teacher. We honor you in this place. We give you glory. Help us, guide us, direct us into all truth. Help us repent. 
for your kingdom of heaven is here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.